Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chittam, and this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there who are working hard to get better while balancing running with the rest of their lives. And today's episode is brought to you by C3 Fit. C3 Fit, high-performance sportswear. Hello, happy feet. You'll enjoy your long runs even more with these awesome arch support socks. And here's why. Each sock provides a unique cross-taping structure that supports multiple arches in each foot. Not to mention, the compression fit will give your feet a nice hug. Less pain, more gain. You'll be delighted to go the extra mile on your long runs. Next episode, we'll be talking about their compression tights and a chance to win both for free. C3Fit, that's C, the number three, and then fit. Go to their website at c3fit.com. Side note, I have some of their socks, and I love them. That's part of the reason I reached out to them, to do a sponsorship deal with the podcast. I'm a huge fan of C3Fit. So like I said, C, the number three, fit.com. On today's episode, I have Jackie Hunt Broshma. Jackie is an absolute stud. She's a, is an inspirational runner uh, to the highest degree, and she's someone who, at the uh, in, in 2001, the lower part of her left leg was amputated, and it was uh, obviously a very scary thing for her. But she just kind of summoned the will and the grit to move forward with her life, and uh, did so in an amazing way. And in 2016. She decided to take up running and in an amazing turn of events quickly became a marathoner and now is looking to be an ultra marathoner. And uh, she just ran the 2018 Boston Marathon as well, um, all as an amputee athlete. And it's just an absolutely amazing story. And I hope you like this episode with Jackie Hunt Broshma. Jackie, and welcome to the Rambling Runner podcast. Thank you very much, Matt, for having me on. It's my pleasure, and I'm to talk to you. This is going to be great. This will be, yes. I'm excited too. All right. So first things first, um, I guess the, the, the original thing I'm going to say is we've already, I've already done the introduction, so everyone's kind of heard a little bit about your background. Okay. So I'll just say this. First of all, I love following you as as a runner. So it's one of those where like I follow you on I follow you on Instagram, and you know you're uh, you know, you seem like a delightful person, and you're someone who inspires me. Whether it's your own running, you're running with your your daughter, and you're getting ready for all these races. <laughs> and um, I guess first thing is what what caused you to start running only two years ago. Um, well, my husband, my husband's actually a runner. Um, so he's been running for years. Uh, so I just thought it'd be something nice we could actually do together. Um, so I thought, why not? Let me give it a try and see. Um, I never ran before, before starting now, I've never run. I didn't like running at school when I had, when I had both my legs, I just didn't like running. It wasn't something I enjoyed. Um, and then I kind of went out for a few runs and I, I got addicted and just really loved it. And now I just really want to inspire others because if I can do it, then anyone else can. Now, did you already have a blade back in 2016 or what were you working with from um, a prosthetic I, standpoint? I had a, um, it's kind of a leg that you use for like, if you go to the gym, it's kind of an in-between leg. So it's an in-between walking and running so it's not quite a blade, but it's not quite a 
just a plain everyday leg. So you can kind of use it for a little bit more sports. I would use it like if I went to boot camp and I just needed something a little bit more, um, I'd use that. And I, I kind of, in 2016, I kind of played with, I did, I did two races actually in that leg and I had so many blisters. It was awful. And I was so slow and I was like, yeah, this, this is definitely not working. So I, I kind of, um, met with someone that was nearby that actually um a prosthesis and we started chatting and they came up with this blade um and it's just it's made all the difference it's been it's been absolutely amazing so is this a custom built blade just for you or how does that process even work uh, the, um you get the foot the because you you actually get um when you look at my blade you've got the um the top part and then you've actually got the actual spring at the bottom and that's what I run with and that's actually called the foot um so that foot is standard um anyone can actually order it um from the company that actually makes them but then the the casting the top part is actually custom made so they actually you actually go in and they actually cast your stump um and it's kind of like it's basically the same as what if you if you would actually break your arm, um, they use the same material to kind of make a mold out of your stump. And then they use that to make your prosthetic. So it's pretty cool. actually. It sounds like it. Now, what is it to so what is on the inside of that part that goes up your stump? So how does that like that, what's, that, what's it feel like in, in, inside of there? It's it's weird because it's um I've got like a, they call it a liner so that goes over my stump and it's like a silicone um, silicone glove kind of thing that's the only way I can actually describe it um, and that actually sucks into my prosthetic so it actually all works with a vacuum seal. Um, and I've got, um, if you look closely on my blade, um, you can probably see it on some of the images. There's a, there's a button on the side at the bottom near it, near it to the actual foot. Um, and that actually works as a release. Um, so, so my, my stump actually goes in and it's just sucked in really hard. Um, so it's not pinned in or anything. It's just purely suction, which was, which freaked me out in the beginning. Cause I was like, is this actually going to hold? If I'm going to be running a marathon, is it just going to pop out? And it's remarkable that the hold on it, that it actually just, you can't actually pull it off without actually pressing that button in. And we'll talk about the, your Boston Marathon experience later, but just from a condition standpoint, is it, whether it's wind or rain or anything like that, does that have any effect? It does. Um, the if, if it gets really wet, it adds, because um, it's going to be really gross, but... Um, because of the suction, my stump sweats quite a lot. So that, that, that's brought up heaps of issues and stuff. I'd be running and my leg would actually slide off because the, it, it wouldn't actually, the, the, my stump would actually come out of the liner rather than out of the leg. So I'd, I'd actually have the liner stuck to the, to, to the prosthetic. And my stump would just come out, which is hilarious sometimes. Um, so the actual extra water. So when, when, and I was really worried with, um, running Boston, I was like, how is that going to affect? Because I'm going to have all this extra water dripping in my liner. Is that going to actually make my leg actually come out? So it's kind of things you have to think of. Yeah. No kidding. It must be so much trial and error every it step is of the way. Very much. And I'm still learning because, yeah, because I've only been running for two years. It's still, I still feel like a real newbie. 
Um, yeah, there's, especially running on a blade, it's any small change. Like if, if, if I go out for a run and I haven't put my, my blade on totally straight, I can feel it and I, I can actually injure myself and which I've done in the, uh, done before where just the slightest little change makes all the difference. <clears throat> to say nothing of your other leg, right? No. Cause you must yeah. like, cause I, I think it was in another, I think I read it somewhere. It was, it was, it was in a different interview where you had talked about how you were having issues with your other leg just because of getting used to the stride and having confidence it, in the blade. It, Exactly. It's, it's, it's the weirdest thing. Cause you, you have to trust you, your brain has to learn to trust the blade. And I didn't in the beginning and it's, it's become a lot more, it's much better now. Cause my, when I, when I went to, um, to my PT, he noticed, he's like, you, you're getting really strong on your left side, um, which is my blade side, um, which I was never before because I would, I would literally, my right, my right side would take it all. And so I was hurting. I had IT band issues. I had calf muscle issues. So I would always end up, it, it sometimes looks ridiculous. I'd have a calf sleeve on and I'd have a thigh sleeve on just to kind of strap everything up on my right side, just to make sure I've got an extra protection. So what made you want to do all this? I mean, you started <laughs> Good question. First, first of all, like you started running in 2016. Obviously you were active before then. And what we, I definitely want to get into that. Yeah. But so you start running in 2016 because your husband does it. It's like something you can do with him, but you obviously have like every step <laughs> of the way as, as, has all of these challenges. So what made you want to not only continue to do it, but like you're staring down ultra marathons. I mean, this is yes, absolutely incredible to me. Um, I, I just, I, I like a good challenge, I guess. Um, it's, it's the end. It's the, it's the rewards you get from it. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's been times where I've, I've literally taken my blade and chucked it against the wall because I've just been so frustrated. I've, I've had blisters. I've, and I'm like, seriously, this is not, this is not fun at all. But then you have these amazing runs and you have this, you go out and you do a race and you don't even, you don't, a lot of those, I mean, some of the times the races aren't going as, as I planned and it's not going well, but then people run past you and they pay you on the back and they say, you know what, you're doing an amazing job. And you think, yeah, this is why I'm doing it. It's just, it's the whole experience. It's everything that goes around with it. Right. Okay. So let, let's, let's take it all back. Um, okay. So you had you had uh, the lower part of your, I guess, from your shin down, amputated in two thousand one. So what That's what what precipitated um, the amputation and what was going on? Uh, so just, I mean, I've read about it, but just for the listener's sake, what happened pre amputation um, that led to that to, um, the, to, I... to that eventuality? I had, I had weirdly, I had like a um, pain in my leg and I went to the doctors and they weren't sure what it was. Um, and I kept going back and they were like, but we can't see anything. There isn't anything. They didn't send me for scans. And um, a week later, I went back to the doctor and the, the, the section that had been so painful had actually popped out and it was the size of a golf ball. And um, it was at the bottom. It was kind of on um, just just above my foot, just like it, my ankle area. It was kind of just above that section there. Um, 
and I went back to the doctor and I was like, um, do you still think this is actually nothing? Um, and he, he, yeah, he's, he's, he was pretty shocked um, and immediately sent me for tests and stuff. And from that moment, everything was a bit of a whirlwind because I literally, I was referred to a specialist who then um, immediately arranged, everything just happened really, really fast, arranged a biopsy. Within a week, I got back the results. Um, they referred me to oncologist and um in uh, within two weeks, I was scheduled for surgery to have my leg amputated. Um, and what was the what? Why did the leg need to be amputated? Like, what would happen because, if you had it amputated? Um, I had I had sarcoma, um, and the unfortunately the tumor had actually it was thank goodness for me it was a slow growing growing tumor, um, but what 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 meant it was actually what they saw on the outside, it was much bigger on the inside and it had actually attached itself to my nerves of my foot. So had they removed the tumor, I would have lost the use of my foot anyway. Um, so I didn't really, there wasn't really a choice, if you know what I mean. And with this kind of, with this kind of cancer, if it did spread weirdly, it spreads to your lungs first. Um, and the survival rate then is, minimum um it or not minimum but it just gets a lot less so I just felt I didn't have a choice and yeah it, it you when you when you're faced with that kind of decision it's like it's quite an easy decision to make and how old were you and where did you live um I was living in the Netherlands actually um yeah we 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 travel quite a lot so we we're living in Holland um and I would well what was I uh, da, 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 23 when it happened so were you living with your folks then or what what was your support system like during this time um well we had actually moved really funny we had was was I 20 24 yeah I might have been about 24 25 yeah because that's well how many years ago yeah it's funny it's all becoming a bit of more of a blur now I'm like oh how many years because it feels like it was like forever ago um and we'd actually what what had happened we'd um me and my husband got married quite young and we actually moved from South Africa um, so we moved from South Africa to Holland and I, we'd only been living there for about a year when this all happened. Um, so I pretty much had my husband and that was it. Um, he had, he, some, he had, he did have some of his, um, Dutch family close by, which were, which was amazing. Um, and they were really supportive. Um, and then I kind of had to rely a lot on my work colleagues who were absolutely phenomenal because yeah I was working at the time and they were just yeah just the support I'd got from them and things like that that yeah that's kind of you kind of rely on people that are around you I guess and after the initial I guess numbness of this whole <laughs> whirlwind um, when you kind of got your senses about you what, what was your reaction to all of this it's it's weird I I went into I don't know. I just, I, I don't know, call it denial, um, survival. Um, I just, I just wanted to get it over and done with. And I wanted to go back to my normal life. That was my mission. Um, and I just, I just focused on that. I focused on getting my prosthetic. I focused on getting out of the hospital. I focused on getting back to work. I was back in the office within six weeks, um, just determined that that was it. I just, oh no, I was back in the office within four weeks. 
I was playing squash again within six weeks because I was just, that's it. I'm, I want to be as normal as possible and just get, get on with life. That is a super hard sport to play, even when you're in like tip top <laughs> fitness. It's so fun though. <laughs> oh yeah. But I mean, I'm thinking like, all right, you have a brand new prosthetic and you just spent six weeks not exercising, obviously. So that must have been, that must have been quite an experience. It was an experience. It was a big learning curve. I did fall flat on my face a few times, but hey, <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> right, right. Well, so you, you mentioned your mindset post-surgery uh-huh. yeah. uh, about how you really you became determined and it was like next step, next step, next step. I want to live a normal life. Was that, did you have that kind of determination prior to that experience or was that something that you came upon because you needed it? I think I came upon it because I needed it. Um, if I'm totally honest, um, I, yeah, I, I, I can't explain it. It just, it, it just happened. And that's just how my mind was. I just, I don't, yeah, I just wanted to be normal. I just wanted to carry on. I just wanted to, I didn't want to think about cancer. I didn't want to think about, that I was never, I, I was going to struggle to walk. I just wanted to show everyone, you know what, this is it. I'm getting my life back and I'm going to walk and I don't care what anyone says. And before 2001, did you have any athletic goals? No. <laughs> <laughs> it just really wasn't that big a part of your life. No, no, not at all. No, no, I didn't. No, it was. So yeah. That, I, so when did that change? What, becoming a athletic goal? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. When, did, when did it change when you started having athletic goals in your life? Um, it, yeah, after, after the amputation, um, I think just, yeah, determination and, yeah. All right. So what were, what were some of the, the, first, the first couple goals that you had set up for yourself? Um, I think my, my well, my, first, my first, um, first goal was just get back to work. Um, and just get get back to normal and it's funny because I had um, when I was in surgery um, I had I still remember clearly I had this um, there was a South African um, Paralympian swimmer um, who was doing phenomenal at the time um, and she had just won gold and she was kind of my hero then at the time and I just remember having her on my in my, at, uh, at the hospital on my wall and I was like that was my inspiration I was like yeah I'm gonna I'm seriously if she can do it I can do it I can get out of here I can just be absolutely determined yeah absolutely and certainly it worked that's for sure it did. <laughs> <laughs> um so what did you have any other um people that you looked up to over the preceding years, um, you know, I so you have, like you mentioned, you have that swimmer. Is there anybody else that you either viewed as someone as like, a, you know, maybe like a, a hero of sorts or someone you say, hey, you know, I, I want to be more like this person or someone who kind of motivated you or inspired you, um, whether they were an amputee runner or just someone who um, just had characteristics that you wanted to mimic? Well, the, the amputee runner, I want to say, is now not such a good example anymore. And it was Oscar Pretorius, um, which right, right. was always a phenomenal runner. And unfortunately, yeah, that didn't turn out as well. Um, but yeah, um, I mean, yeah. 
but at the time, you yeah. know, like you, I can certainly see how that would be, um, you know, very motivational. We don't have to get into the whole Oscar Pistorius thing, but you know, yeah. you know I think, I think pri- prior to that incident, to, I think to it, that incident, it, he was phenomenal. He was, and no one can, no one can definitely, no one can deny that. Um, it is just a shame it turned out the way it did, but. Um, I, yeah, I always admired him. I always, I just, I just thought the character as a person just to keep going after all the obstacles and he just went out and just achieved so much. Now, how important is it for someone in those circumstances like you were in to have, to have someone to look up to, um, who's kind of, who's kind of walked the road that you're trying to walk? I, I think it's really important, um, because you can go when you have something like this happen you can either you can go to a really dark place um because it's it's quite a big deal is and when i had it done it was still quite um a, a, people looked at it very differently now there's a lot of amputees who actually do achieve a lot um so it's it's totally different these days and then it was very seen as you're going to have a leg amputated and you're possibly going to be in a wheelchair or it, it just seen it you you weren't seen as someone that was going to be able to achieve quite a lot um there was the odd amputee that would actually achieve and they were like the Oscar Pretorius or um the the swimmer that I was following but it was very rare um and I think it's it's so important to have someone that you can look up to that you can think you know what if they can achieve, I can achieve. And if they can be live a normal life without, without part of their body, then why can't I do that? Um, so yeah, I, de- I definitely, I definitely think it's really important. And back in 2001, obviously we lived in a very different technological world than we live uh-huh. in now, you know, where like you had web browsing and things like that, but social media was still in its infancy at that exactly. point. Yeah. So, so are there, are there, portals now or different ways that um that athletes can kind of like kind of cultivate a sense of community that you know for themselves with people who maybe have similar challenges they're trying to overcome um there's there's quite a few charities that do it um there's a lot happening on like facebook um even instagram um there's there's a um a charity called amputation uh, mpt um amputee coalition who are brilliant at kind of getting amputees together um they arrange conferences um where you can go and talk to peers um there's 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 a few other charities who actually specifically focus on blade runners um so you can go to their clinics and they can actually help you um to improve your running form um, so there, there's a lot more out there that you can find. Um, and yeah, it's definitely like Facebook, um, Instagram, Twitter. Um, yeah. All the, the key social media um, elements. And it sounds so badass when you call yourself a Blade Runner. That's such a cool. <laughs> it does, nickname. doesn't it? That's <laughs> yes. cool, doesn't it? <laughs> it really does. I'm sitting here. I'm like, wow, that's, that's really cool. Like I'm never going to, I'm never going to have a cool nickname like that. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> That, 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 that's uh that is for sure so all right so fast forward back again all right so 2016 you start running you're trying to figure the whole thing out at yeah. what point did it start kind of evolving from 
you're just a novice trying to make this work into something where you start feeling like, hey, I can I can do races here. I can be competitive. I can try to achieve goals. When did that switch for you? Um, I think it actually, because when I went from, it switched quite quickly. When I went from the, the leg I was using, the kind of in-between leg, um, to the blade, I remember they, they gave me a test socket and I went from that test socket to the, and I, the prosthesis still told me, just test it out for a week and see how you feel. How I tested it out is I went and ran a race, um, a 5k trail race with it, um, which I had done previously with the other, the other leg. So I thought, oh, this will be a good test. Let's see how it does. And I took off, I think, how many minutes did I take off my time then? I took um, seven minutes of my 5K time just by going over to the other prosthetic. And I was like, yeah, this will do the trick. And then since then, I was like, okay, I can compete now um, and I can do these races. And it just gave me a little bit more confidence. Now, how much confidence did you have running on trails versus the road? And I'm surprised you would run for the first time using the blade in, on a trail race. Never, you know, never mind a race at all. You decide to run a trail race with it. It's pretty tricky um, because the, yeah, the blade does kind of, you end up twisting quite a lot. So like, like you would twist your ankle, it pretty much feels the same way. Um, so it's very much, if you see me running on the trails, you'll see me looking at the ground all the time because I have to look down all the time because I have to watch for every little stone, every little stick. Um, but it, it's got its challenges, but it's fun. Um, I love trail running. Yeah. I mean, aren't you going to be running an ultra marathon trail race soon? I, um, yes, it's supposed to be a good, it's supposed to be a good one for a starting, starting trail runner. So we'll see. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, a, st- a, star- a starting trail ultra marathoner. It, it, it's, it's kind of like, it's such a elite and august group you're joining that to, to put the, to put the word starting in front of it is almost oxymoronic. It's almost like being like, oh, yeah. oh I'm, I'm a novice NBA basketball player. Like, ah, novice might be, not, might not be the right yeah. word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking forward to it, actually. I think, yeah, it be great. It's, it'd be a great challenge. It would be good. I, I'm looking forward to testing the blade, see what the blade does. Um, what's the worst that can happen? I fall out my face. And, yeah. So I've got to give it a shot. So when, how much do you, so I put it this way, for your mm-hmm. running goals, how many are time-based versus distance-based? Like, do you have like certain times that you want to achieve? Or are you more focused on how far you can go? Um, it depends. Um, I'm very, I'm very time-focused. I'm a very time focused runner because I'm always, well, I'm trying to get better with that. Let's put it that way. Because when I started running, I was always, I wanted to prove, I had this mission that I wanted to prove to everyone that I was, I was, I could be just as a good runner as any normal person. And that was my mission. So I would go out on a 5k race and say, fine, if you're running a seven minute mile, I can get there too. And I can do it. Why not? Um, And I'm learning 
I'm I'm it's been it's been a hard lesson to learn because it's quite challenging running with a blade um <laughs> so I've kind of I've kind of backed off with it a little bit um I've still got my goals that I've got for my half marathons for my my marathons um my the ultras is more of I'll just see how far I can go um and we'll see how it goes um yeah so I'm just yeah I'm just taking it one step at a time I guess so when was your first marathon um my first marathon was in 2016 what so the first year you started running no 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 Sorry, no, my half marathon was in 2016. My first marathon was October. It was Chicago, actually, last, last October. So 2017. Okay. okay, and how did that work out for you? Yeah, really good. Yeah, it was, um, my training was harder than I expected because we'd gone through um, the brutal summer. Um, so my training had gone through the brutal um, humidity of North Carolina, which... Um, yeah can be really really brutal um but yeah I yeah I I finished I yeah pushed through um it was great um yeah I I do I do need more I need yeah I'd like to get stronger with marathons um so that's that's going to be one of my missions too um is just yeah because I was really good with the short distances the half marathons 5ks 10ks um, as the longer, longers that takes more, my stump takes more of a beating. So I, I, it's trial and error pretty much. And how about the rest of your body? I mean, I've run two marathons and I, every part of my body hurt afterwards and you know, I don't have a stump and I, I can't even imagine. <laughs> so like, you know, how, how about your, your right leg? How did it do during Chicago? Like what, uh, what were like the, what were the, what were the biggest challenges that you felt throughout, you know, versus for your whole body? For my whole body. Um, yeah, it was just, it was painful. Um, yeah, and I think every every runner will say it's it's not pretty. It's 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 painful. Um, yeah, I was yeah I was feeling yeah my right my right leg obviously took a beating, um, which was fine. I mean, it it is what it is, and you kind of just suck it up and you kind of go with the flow. Um, and yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I just kind of get on with it, I guess. <laughs> See, it's it's obvious to me that yeah. you kind of go out of your way not to spend time thinking about the negative. Very much, yes. Even in, even in this conversation, I'll try to I'll try to bring something up, and you like immediately kind of like push it to the side. So, is that is that mindset something that you've cultivated, or is that was that a mindset again that you've kind of always had when you were a youngster and kind of kept it going, or is that something that you've tried to work on over time? I, it's definitely something I've tried to work on over time. Um, yeah, I, I just try try and see the positive in it all, and try to stay not think of the negative, um, because I think if I thought that all the negative factors, I probably wouldn't be running. Um, it it would hold me back. So I just I just focus on the good things. Um, and that just gets me through it. Right. And you're, you're a mom too. You got, you got a little boy and a little girl. That's um, correct. Yes. So is that something that you try to address with them or is they, are they, are they at an age where you just hope they don't kill each other and break the TV <laughs> in the process? 
<laughs> pretty much <laughs> and I try, I try yeah I mean we we try try to be quite normal and yeah try and keep them apart because they are at, they're at the stage now where they just argue all the time it drives me insane but it's just what it is um and but I I also try to be the mom that I I that, that I hope they look up to and um that they 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 see that even if you're not 100 normal because what is normal um that it's okay and you can still achieve really great things um I mean my my kids don't even notice my prosthetic anymore because I'll, I'll drop my little girl off at preschool and the kids will point and go oh she's got a funny leg and which kids do which is absolutely fine let's just get that straight I I don't mind at all and my little girl will go mommy what what's wrong with your leg why are they why are they saying it's it's funny as if it's all totally normal um and yeah that's 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 what's really great wow now was that always the case or was there a time you know when they were younger probably time where they they forget at this point but where they were asking those kinds of questions too they did um yeah they i mean there was a time um we we kind of went through a section where they didn't notice anything and then suddenly it clicked and they were like oh you are different what is it with your leg and then they started asking the questions so I've always been really honest with them and we joke about it they'll like if they if they hurt themselves will say oh do you want to borrow my leg then um so (laughs) we just we we keep it we keep it fun we keep it um we we don't make it serious it it is what it is and I am who I am. And yeah, so they can ask me whatever they want to and they do and they don't anymore because now it's just totally normal. Um, They don't see me as they, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm just a normal person and I can do whatever they want to. I can chase them around in the backyard Um, and it's great. There you go. So when did you decide that you wanted to run the Boston Marathon? Um, After Chicago. (laughs) So yeah, after Chicago, I went to run Boston, um, and my husband also qual- my my husband qualifies Boston, um, and so we thought it'd be great. Uh, he's he's running it. I'm why, yeah. And I thought yeah, it'd be great for me to be there too, and that's kind of how the whole journey started. Now, did you? What was your process for getting into Boston? Did you run a Boston qualifying time? Did you run as a charity I, runner? How did that work? I ran a Boston qualifying time as an amputee, so we get a little bit more of a lenient time um, frame. Um, so, yeah, I legitimately qualified, but as an amputee. So, what what was that time for you? What what time did you run? Uh, what time did you I, have to beat? Yeah, I ran Chicago in five five fifteen. Um, I was actually aiming for a 4.30, but I just didn't get it. Get it. Um, the qualifying time is six hours. So anything under six hours, um, you're kind of guaranteed to get in. Got it. So you felt pretty confident. I felt pretty comfortable. Yeah, yeah. 45 minutes. Yeah, that that's pretty good. <laughs> there you go. So, so how quickly did you start ramping up the training after Chicago? Pretty much quickly. Um, straight, yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I took, cause I actually, a week after Chicago, I ran a half and then I decided, I decided to take a break cause my body said, you know, I've had enough now. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't my best half either. Let's just get that right. 
Oh yeah. So my so then I took I took like two weeks off and then I started training for Boston. And were you working with a coach at that point? I was, yes. I did get a coach. Um she's been she's been fantastic. Um yeah. Okay. So you had about what, five months or so? Yeah, five, yeah. Like four or five yeah, months yeah. To, to to train for yeah, Boston. Five months, yeah. Um and how did that build up look for you? Did, did it go as planned? I know there was a, a marathon what, six weeks ago that you were planning on running before Boston, kind of like a pre-marathon marathon, yeah, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> Why not? Challenge yourself in life. Come on. <laughs> this, is, this is making me feel so inadequate. This entire conversation, Jackie, I'm not going to I'm lie. so sorry. <laughs> No, I don't. Please don't be sorry. I'm sitting here like I've run two marathons and I've like sworn it off. And you're running a marathon to train for a marathon. Yeah, why not? <laughs> um, yeah, that that was um, yeah the the a bit I threw a bit of a bump in the road because I got weirdly I pulled my hamstring without realizing I had pulled my hamstring. Um, and the literally the day before, I notified my coach and I'm like, yeah, I don't think I'll be running because um, I can't actually walk and we had no idea what it was um and it i i kind of iced it i did everything that you you would think would be normal to do um for about two days and then a friend of mine recommended a um physio a pt um who's been absolutely phenomenal um and i went and saw him and he was like well you've probably done your hamstring in which was weird because it was on my on my blade side so on my left side and it was weird going to see a PT because I'd have to take my blade off and he'd actually have to look at my stump which I've never done before the only person who's ever looked at my stump has been my doctor or my husband um so it was quite a big deal I was like oh my goodness I'm gonna have to speak to this PT about um yeah my leg and he's gonna have to have a look at it and stuff and he he was absolutely amazing um and yeah he got me and I I honestly then thought Boston was over because I was like I don't know how we're going to do this and he worked we did some dry needling which ouch hurts um and (laughs) yeah he got me back running which was absolutely amazing and yeah I was so grateful um yeah so it it kind of knocked my training a little bit um so I knew I was going into Boston not being where I wanted to be um because I was, I was actually aiming for a four hour marathon, um, which my training was perfect all the way and it was going to be doable, but obviously these things happen and you kind of then have to throw out your dreams of your time and just hope for a good finish. So when did the, um, the weather forecast start to enter your consciousness? Um, I think about a week. Yeah, was it a week before Boston? I kind of be. I was. I was being really good, not looking at the weather. I'm like, you know what? It is what it is. And then I started looking, and I was like, oh, this looks a bit interesting. This is going to be interesting. And obviously, um, if it's like North Carolina, North Carolina's weather changes all the time. I mean, it's like day and night. Um, and so I was quite hopeful. And everyone said Boston's weather changes because I, I hadn't been to Boston before. And everyone said, well, the weather changes quite a lot in Boston, too. So I was like, oh, yeah, that'll be fine. That'll, yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. We won't worry about it. Um, yeah, and obviously it didn't change. Um, and 
yeah, it is what it is. And we just thought you just have to show up on the day and do the best you can in whatever conditions there are. Now, did you, did you wear or do anything in that race that was different than you'd done in the past? Like from a, from a prep standpoint? Um, no, but I should have. <laughs> Um, yeah, there was quite a lot of lessons learned there. Um, I probably should have wrapped up my, my blade in some kind of water, waterproof just because of the amount of rain that came down, um, which probably didn't help. Um, I didn't, I'm totally, I misjudged how cold it was going to be. So I just didn't dress warm enough. I just didn't have enough layers on. I mean, I've run, um, my first half, my first half marathon I did, um it was 23 23 degrees so it was it was really cold so I kind of kind of went with that I thought oh yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a little bit warmer but I I totally misjudged everything that day yeah so it was so you say you to to wrap it up you mean like the 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 top part that kind of connected to your stump or Um, so the the socket part yeah so this yeah the socket yeah. part that's connected to the liner so like the top part um because that's kind of where all the water can go in um so i should have i should have like um because it was sliding a little bit when i was running um yeah um yeah i should have just waterproofed it or something um but yeah no one no one predicted that amount that amount of rain and the wind and yeah right because it was coming down sideways so it, was, it was coming down sideways yeah. so it was hitting all parts of your body pretty much I was, sure. I was um, yeah the gusts were actually blowing me sideways too i kind of was knocked sideways a few times um yeah, yeah it was yeah now was that a balance issue that you had was that a new a balancing issue or was it almost similar to your trail running experiences um no, this was different. It was more because the the because the blade the blade it's it's weird to describe because the blade is really light. So if you have like gusts of wind coming from under your feet, like if they kind of swish, your the blade actually gets lifted a little bit. So it kind of throws you off balance, if you know what I mean. So you kind of get thrown sideways a little bit because you don't have anything else that kind of um, you can't actually. I'm not able to kind of put my foot down really hard. Um, it it's just too flexible um so you kind of yeah you kind of lose that kind of balance so you yeah so you literally just get flung sideways no i can imagine all right i want to keep i want to keep this conversation going i do want to do a quick a quick mention of our sponsor this week which is c3 fit they sent me uh some socks a couple weeks ago and i actually got new socks from my wife the same week and frankly uh the c3 fits worked great so they were they were nice they're tight they were um exactly what you hope for with socks i got these other brand new socks i'm not going to mention the name but they were actually pretty slippery in my running shoes if you ever had that experience uh-huh. you know you know that's not any fun and so i uh you also want to thank c3 fit for sponsoring the show and I wouldn't accept a sponsorship unless I was a big fan of the product. And for me, I was sold as soon as I had that experience with back-to-back runs. So I actually wore my C3 Fit socks for my long runs this weekend, which was nice. And I'll keep that up. So thank you, C3 Fit, for sponsoring the show. Um, Jackie, I also want to mention, with just with everything that's going on with the weather in that race, mm-hmm. how do you – did you start to put the race goal – 
you know the four the four hour marathon. Obviously, you had the injury that yeah. kind of might have tempered your expectations. But what did you do, say, the morning of the race from a goal perspective? Um, goal was out the window totally. Um, I my goal was my my only goal was to finish there, to cross the finish line. That was it. Um, yeah, I didn't I didn't care about time at all anymore um, because yeah, we knew it was going to be brutal. We knew yeah. Yeah, we just, yeah, I kind of just had to just see how it went. Right. So at, so at 15 and a half miles, the, yeah. the race ended the race ended for you. And I know we want to stay on the positive. You're a positive person. We're not going to dwell on the negative. But what happened, what happened to you leading up to leading up to the 15 and a half mile mark? And what was it that stopped the race for you? Um, yeah, I mean, it's it all started out really well. Um yeah, it was all going well. Um, and then, yeah, it was just, it, the weather was so brutal. Um, just the rain, the wind. Um, I was underdressed. Unfortunately, I hadn't, I just totally misjudged it. I was soaking wet. Um, and when I got to mile 50, well, it was mile 15.5. Um, I just remember it clearly because I, I, yeah, because um, one of the medics came walking up and she was like, no, you need to come with me because um, I was shaking so badly um, just from being so cold. My body, I just, it, it's kind of a bit of a daze because I just, I can't remember parts of it. Um, and yeah, and they took me off and tried to get me warm. And that was kind of the end of my race then. Yeah. So what, ha- what happens at that point? So you're at the 15 and a half mile mark. Obviously, you need to get into Boston at some point. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So what, what yeah. happens to a runner who, who, who gets pulled off the course, who can't finish? Um, they put you in like a van. They've got a van standing because they, they, they put you in like a medic tent and then they move you to a van and then they drive you to a bus. Um, I've no idea because I don't know Boston. So I don't know where the bus was parked. And then that bus actually takes you to the finish line. Um, and I was, I was, I was shocked because when I was loaded into the van, there were about, we must have been about 10 other runners. Um, yeah, I think because I think they can take up to about 10 in the van. Um, 10 other runners that had also come off um, for exactly the same hypothermia. And we were all just sitting on the bus totally. We were kind of just looking at each other. We, I think everyone was just shocked because, um, yeah, everyone was coming out here to finish Boston. That's what, what yeah, no one was expecting not, not to finish the race. Um, so we, yeah, it was just, it was the most surreal bus drive, um, I've ever been on because it was just, yeah, it was just weird. And how long does it take for you to recover from hypothermia? I mean, I, you know, every, everyone knows about hypothermia when they're growing up, like you, you fall through the ice or you yeah. anything like yeah. that. So yeah. what, what does that actually feel like in terms of kind of overcoming it? How long did it take? And. Oh my goodness. I think, I think everyone is different, I guess. Um, I mean, for me, it was just, I just could not stop shaking and everything was blue and, um, they had put like four blankets over me. Um, I had to take off parts of my clothing, um, to try and warm my, my body up. And they actually give you, um, warm water to drink, to try and warm, warm up your body. And I have no idea. I, I've, to be honest, it was such a blow. I don't actually know how long everything took. I don't know how long the, the drive to the finish line was. Um, 
nothing. I just, I can't remember because I just remember getting off the bus and then going into another tent and just waiting there. Um, and I think what time my, I think, yeah, at about three o'clock that afternoon, I met my husband who'd finished then. Um, and then, yeah, kind of, then I was able to go back, back to the hotel, but yeah, most, most of it's a bit of a blur. I just, yeah, I just can't really remember how long everything took. And yeah, I just remember being really, really cold and just not being able to stop shaking. And then, yeah. And then, yeah. So yeah, it was just, yeah, it's a bit of a blur. Right. So how were you fine the next day? Um, yeah, I was fine the next day. Um, yeah, um, I kind of, I've, I kind of felt um, a bit. Yeah, I was a little bit out of sorts, a little bit. Um, I, yeah. Um, I mean, when we got, when I, because well, we actually got a flight out of Boston that that evening. Um, so obviously the first thing I did was again, when I got home, I just, yeah, I, I, for a while I, I stayed cold. I was just cold all the time. And then even walking around here in North Carolina, which is warm, um, I would walk with my jacket cause I was cold. It was like really weird. Um, but yeah, yeah, I was, yeah, it was okay the next day. Okay. So you ran a half marathon, what, a week or two after Chicago? Have you started running again after Boston? So we're recording this a week after Boston. No, I'm being good now. I'm I'm being good. I'm resting. <laughs> okay. So what are the? So, so what do you got? Yeah. What was that? No, I'm I'm going insane. I want to go run because I'm getting really bored. But I'm being good this time. I'm I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> so what are uh, what what are the races on your schedule for the rest of 2018, or at least the spring uh, and summer? I have, I've got a few 5Ks in May. Um, then I've got a, I'm running the Vermont Marathon, but I'm running the relay with Meb. Um, I'm on his team, so that will be fun. Um, oh, okay. Oh, okay. We're going to stop there for a second. We're going to stop right there okay. for a second. Okay. Okay. How, how in the world do you get on Meb's team? um they asked for people to send in some information about themselves and i did and um they asked me to join his team so that's what i'm doing so it's it's like i i i nearly fell off my chair when they emailed me to say yeah you're going to be running on meb's team i'm like what are you kidding me right meb how am i supposed to do what really um yeah so it's i'm i'm super excited about it it'd be yeah it's gonna be an amazing experience um yeah so yeah, that's so how, kind of yeah. So how far are you running? Like, what are you? Do you have to like what? What is that experience going to look like? Are you going up there? You're going to meet him. I have so many questions. <laughs> yes, we're going to go up there, meet him. Um, he's going to be at the expo. Um, meet the other team members. I've got no idea who who the other team members are yet. Um, so kind of get to know them. Um, it's probably hopefully. just other celebrities, probably LeBron James, <laughs> David yeah, David Beckham. <laughs> Yeah, that would be amazing, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, and then um, they haven't told us the distances we're going to be running yet. So I've no idea how far I have to, but um, yeah, I'm assuming it's going to be six or seven miles each split up um, to make up a marathon. Um, so yeah, it'd be good fun. Um, yeah, I've done I've done City of Oaks where I've done a relay, um, and it is so much fun. It's just that whole experience is just fun doing it in a team. That is so cool. So, what 
um, what organization put that on? Like started the whole it, like, like submit your application or whatever. Um, it was actually done through um, Vermont City. Um, so yeah, they they kind of put it all together. Um, and yeah, were you going to so, run that race if you didn't get on it? I mean, obviously you don't live anywhere near Vermont. No, no. <laughs> this is great. This is awesome. So when, when is that race? Um, it's the end of May. Is it the 24th um, or the 26th of May? What's the end of the last Sunday of May? So uh, just... the last Sunday in May is the 27th. Yeah, that's that's when it is. Yes, okay. the 27th of May. How yeah. fun. I am. Oh, man, that is just so cool. I know. That is so I know. Cool. That's just, I'm really, really excited. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. All right. All right. So at the end of all these podcasts, what I do is just of course some quick hitters right near the end. Um, yeah. but before we get into it, first of all, I want to say thank you for coming on. This has been so much fun. Um, thank you for having me on. Oh, you're, you're such an interesting person. You got all these crazy stories. Obviously, I feel like I haven't even touched on any of them because you keep burying the lead on me. You've been on this here, been on the phone for 50 minutes and you go, oh, yeah, I'm going to run the crap. Um, <laughs> So thank you so much for doing that. If someone wants to follow your running journey, where can they find you yes. online? Um, it's probably on my Instagram account, actually, on NC Runner Jackie. NC Runner Jackie. That's Jackie, J-A-C-K-Y. That's correct. Yes. All right. Got it. All right. So when you're running, are you running with headphones or no headphones? Um, if I'm training, I'm running with headphones. Um, if I'm racing, no headphones just okay. so I know what's going on behind me. Um, but yeah. Right. And what kind of music are you listening to? Um, a combination, actually. Um, I listen to a bit of country, a bit of rock, um, a bit of everything, actually. I actually use an, a, a running app that I use um, that they put a variety of music on. I just find it the easiest. Um, I don't need to download anything. So, now, yeah. did you listen to country music before you moved to the States? I did actually, funny enough, there's a really good um, Dutch country singer, um, believe it or not, um, that I used to follow, um, Ilza de Longa, um, and she was always one of my favorites. Um, so yeah, I've been, yeah, I've been a fan of country for a long time. There you go. See, learn something new every day. I had no idea that was something that was outside the United States. <laughs> yeah, you're surprised, aren't you? <laughs> I am. I am. All right. So what is the best advice that you give other runners, but that you have trouble following? Um, don't pay attention to your pace um, as a new runner. Um, don't compare it to every. Don't compare yourself. I suppose it's better. Don't compare yourself to everybody else. Um, run your own race. Run your own um, because everyone is different. Um, I mean, I follow a lot of the, a lot of my friends on Strava are incredibly fast. Um, and I probably will never be able to run that, that pace. And in the beginning, I tried my hardest and I ended up not wanting to go out and do my pace because I felt like I was failing all the time um, because I wasn't hitting the so-called magical pace that everyone else's was. But I've kind of turned it back now and I run my pace um, what I know my body can handle. And it's so much, it's so much nicer. I enjoy it so much more and I don't feel like I'm failing all the time every time I go out for a run. Um, so that, yeah, that, that's definitely my biggest advice um, is just run your own, your own pace, your own race. Um, it's all about yourself, not anyone else. And it's so relative too, right? Cause the people you're talking about that you're trying to, to match, 
they're probably looking at someone else and saying, well, I got to match exactly. that person. Exactly. Exactly. And then you're never going to be happy. You're never, you're always going to be trying to be like everybody else. And yeah, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm very much, I think you should run happy. It should, it should be. And that's what I try with my daughter a lot is I'm not pushing her. She, if she wants to run a mile, we run a mile. If she wants to do 500 yards, we do 500 yards and I'm okay with that. Um, if she wants to go fast, she goes fast. If she wants to go slow. Fine. As long as you enjoy it. And that's your weekly Sunday run tradition. There we go. Yes. <laughs> I love that. I absolutely love that as, as a father of a little girl um, who's quite precocious and who's basically a tornado of words and hair. Um, I, I, yep. I think it's great. Uh, did she, how did it start? Did you kind of, kind of like ask her to come along did she just ask on her own how did that work she she actually just asked on her own um and literally the first time she went running with me she was in flip-flops and a dress um it was hilarious and I actually I think I did actually post a photo of that photo on on Instagram yeah I need to go back on the account I'm sure that was one of the photos where she's actually in her dress and flip-flops and it was, it was hilarious, but I'm like, okay, whatever makes you happy. And then it kind of just started like that. And we just, now, now she needs to put on her running shorts. Now she's adamant. She needs to put her running shorts on and her trainers and everything. And it's, it, it's sweet. It's lovely. It's, it's, it's amazing that she looks up to me and she wants to be like me. So yeah, I, I hope. And, and that's what I'm trying my hardest is that she'll keep her joy for running and keep enjoying it and. Um, yeah. Right. Cause there's two things to love there, right? It's like that she, she loves something that you also love and it must be exactly. nice to know that she's trying to be like mom a little bit. Exactly. Yes. Yes. It's something special. <laughs> so that's her favorite workout, but what's your favorite workout? Um, wait, wait, with, with running, um, my, yeah. my favorite workout is, um, track. Um, I love, I love some interval training. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm more of a speed. I love speed work. So if you were going to do your favorite speed workout on the track tomorrow, what would it look like? Um, it would probably be, let me think now, which is going to be, um, it's something that's going to be, re- yeah, something that will really challenge me that I kind of, um, which I quite like is the fast, slow. So normally I normally hold, hold a fast pace for like, um so uh, more like strides kind of like 25 seconds back it off for 65 seconds and then 25 seconds um and then for do about 15 15 16 reps of that going around the track oh wow yes that's that's exhausting <laughs> it's fun it's nice that's for sure oh yeah no that's that's my world too i definitely i definitely like the track workouts far more than the tempo workouts. If anyone's heard this podcast before, you've heard me bemoan the tempo workout. I know some people love it for me. I would, I'll take the interval track workouts any day of the week. (laughs) I'm with you that. (laughs) Okay. So if you could run only one more race for the rest of your life, but you could run it every year, what race would you choose? Oh my goodness. That's a difficult question. And I know what your dream race is, because um, I, I did read an interview yeah. where you said your, your dream I race is comrades. <laughs> yes, that is correct. Yeah, I was actually going to say, I wonder if it would be comrades, actually. Um, 
Sorry, I'm thinking about this one actually. It's good. If you it, but let it, let it marinate. We'll okay. move on to another question. You can get back to that one. Okay. Um. So your is is your so is it fair to say that your bucket list race is comrades? Definitely. Yes, it is. Okay. And who is your ideal running partner? My ideal running partner. Could I say my husband? Actually. <laughs> You you could, but you've already run with him. So you have, have to come up with someone who you haven't run with. Um, oh, what's her name? Um, da, 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 da. Sorry, I'm just going to have a look here quickly. I just need to get her surname right. Oh, so you're taking this serious. I can hear you typing into Google in the background. Yeah, 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 I am. <laughs> <laughs> The suspense now, Jackie. Yeah, there we Kelly. go. You've got to know because it's she ran comrades. Well, who is it? Uh, Camilla Heron. Camilla Heron. Oh, was she the woman who just tried to set some record, some ultra marathon record? Yes, probably. Um, oh, okay. All right. I, I I I caught like some highlights of it. Like I was just reading some. Uh, she is always. She's always. Headlines. Yeah, she's always trying to break new records. Um, she's an absolute phenomenal runner. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've got a bit of a crush on her, but don't tell anyone. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just, it's just, just between you and me, Jackie. Yeah, there we go. I know what <laughs> podcast, but never mind. Um, yeah, no, she's, she's just absolutely phenomenal. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. That's great. All right. Before we go, we'll just circle back. One more race, the rest of your life. You could run it any year, every year. Anything come to mind? Um, that's a hot one. Um, we'll just we can just say comrades. Yeah, we say that can be the bucket list yeah. and one that I would want to do all the, all the time. That would be great. Yes, if I once a year I can do comrades, that would be phenomenal. There you go, Jackie. <laughs> thank you so much for the time. This has been an absolute pleasure. Oh, you're very welcome, and thank you for chatting to me. Oh, that's been, this has been great. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you, Jackie, for coming on to the show. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate when you reach out and tell me that you like a certain episode. And with that being said, if there's a guest that you'd love to hear from, shoot me a note. You can follow me on Instagram at rambling underscore runner. You can also go to our Facebook page, The Rambling Runner, and I look forward to hearing from you there or anywhere. Uh, it really is a, a nice to get the feedback. And frankly, some of the people I've had on the show have come because of your recommendations. So uh, I don't take them lightly. And while I do schedule these interviews fairly, um, you know, not far in advance, but usually a few weeks or in, the, in this case with the Boston Marathon stuff, a few months in advance. Um, so I may not act on those recommendations right away, but I do take them very seriously. So thank you for everyone for doing that. I hope you have a great day and happy running.